Today's Gospel Defenders podcast is brought to you by Sermon Jam. It goes great on bread and crumpets. So students, this is my admonition to you. You go out into the world and you do not be conformed by the world, but rather you prove to the world what it means to be transformed for God. That's right. You prove that. And that when someone looks at your life and you say, I believe in God, they know there's something different about you. Because what I can tell from the observing, observing the world is no one knows what they're doing. No one knows what truth is. No one knows what meaning is. And no one can find it. Everyone's trying to search for meaning, but no one can find it. That's why a man would cut off his body parts that God gave him because he doesn't feel right. And our culture says, yes, you're a hero. You're brave. I'm going to tell you what brave is. It's not someone who gives up their gender. It's someone who gives up their life. Well, well. Someone who says, you know what, I maybe, maybe I had gay feelings or maybe I don't know what it means to be a man or a woman. But I know what it means to be saved by Christ for His glory. And therefore, I'm going to deny whatever desires of the flesh there are to live for the glory of God. I don't care if it's uh, uh, lesbian desires or if it's por- pornographic desires or adultery desires. You give them up for the glory of God. That's what the gospel says. Because you might not know your identity, but you do know that Jesus Christ has saved you for a new purpose and a new mission, and His glory is more than your own. Because here's the deal, folks. We don't let the world tell us what it means to be human. We don't let the world tell us what truth is. We tell the world what truth is. We proclaim truth to the world. Jesus said we are the instruments that keep the world uh, uh, preserved. Because, folks, Jesus ain't called us home yet. We're still here. The rapture hadn't come yet. We're still here. So that means we still got work to do. So when you have some atheist professor that tells you there is no God, you say, can you prove that with science? Can you prove that with your little formulas? Because if not, stick to what you know. Mm. You don't let nobody tell you what truth is. You are truth. You have the truth in you. Even if you have to fail a class because you present the truth in your papers and in your tests, our responsibility is to be a witness for Christ and not for the wisdom of this world. If you want real wisdom, give up your life for Christ. If you want real knowledge, give up your life for Christ. Let the world think you are a fool that you might be wise unto salvation. Do not conform to the world, but be transformed so that you may prove what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. Let's pray together. Hey, that'll preach right there, son. Amen. I'm telling you what. That, that last one sounded like uh, Charles Spurgeon. Mm. He said, uh, what did it say? Do not let the world think you are a fool so that you are wise unto salvation. I may have copied old Chuck on that. But I don't know. I had a little <laughs> C.H. Spurgeon's up in there. <laughs> Man, I think we need... Um, I'm gonna edit them coughs out. I still don't like the way it sounds. Do you like it? Do you like it? Oh, there's your radio voice. Do you like it? <laughs> this is National Public Radio coming to you live 
Here's what I think. I'm going to try something. I'm going to turn this down. That was it. It's because that's an echo. You see? That's, is, that, is that what it is? Can you still hear us? Oh, there we are. Now we're back. You're back now. <clears throat> we, see, we actually have no idea what we're doing here. You see? Yeah, we're rookies. No. Hey, what, did you hear a voice? I heard a third person. What? Where did they out come of, from? Out of the shadows. Wait a minute. Let's see if we hear it again. Hello. Oh, there it is. Who could that be? That That is our new uh, podcast correspondent, mm. Ave the Wave, True Dog. We're going with Ave the Wave? Well, that's just the intro. That's just the intro. I mean, you got the Radical and Rain Man. Right. Shouldn't we give him like an R name? Well, like... Uh, True Dog's his real name. True, you know, T-R. You know, it's close to T-R-U. Yeah, I guess... Truth Dog. Truth, Truth Dog. Truth well, truth which dog. means he believes in God, but he's actually dyslexic. So he's, <laughs> I have a hard time reading the Bible. <laughs> but Hebrew is actually perfect because it's opposite. So, hey, I think the sounds—I think the sound actually sounds better now that I've got the gain turned down. I think so. You think so? Hey, dog, you ready? Or true dog, I should say. I'm ready. And the good thing is I can actually uh, edit these independently, post-production. Hmm. Post-production. That'll be a first. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, man, what are you talking about that preaching right there that you heard? Well, the uh, preaching was on point, but your radio voice has went south. Literally. I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, what we need right here. We need a lot of these liberal, fandangled, yuppie preachers. They just need to sit down. Mm. And what they need is they need to break out that KJV 1611 and start preaching that real mountain apostle Paul. I'm going to tell you handling. what. They, they need to start preaching it right, son. Because hmm. you know what I figured out? You know what I figured out? All these little uh, liberal worship pastors got their skinny jeans because they've been dangling straight over the fires of Hades and they done shrunk up right around their legs. That's what they've been doing. Well, you know... Uh, hmm. I thought you were going to play with me a little bit. There. <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what to say when you... <laughs> you go, go to like... like that. <laughs> what is it? South Alabama Kentucky. preacher... Voice Appalachian. See, I ain't got no problem. I ain't got no problem picking up stakes in my yard. You say snakes or snakes? Snakes and stakes. It don't matter if it's on the grill. I pick up a snake. I pick up a stake, son. Well, it matches your pink shirt. So, the Bible said, "You shall take up serpents, and you shall not be harmed." And I'm gonna tell you what, even if it's not in the majority manuscripts, it's still in the one I got. You see what I mean? If it's in the one I got, I'm gonna believe it. I hear you. We should start practicing it. The maps, I, I believe the, I believe all the way from the concordance to the maps. It says Apostle Paul went here, here, here. I'm going to believe it because it's bound in leather. Something died to give me that. Something died. They, they, they killed an animal to give that that map to me. I'm going to believe that map. You, you, most people don't even read their map. <laughs> all right, let's get serious. Podcast number six. How you call yourself a Christian you don't even read that map? You don't even know where Apostle Paul went on his second missionary journey. His third missionary journey. Well, well, people don't even look at maps in general nowadays. <laughs> you ask somebody what France is, and they got a point in Asia. So, Maybe I there mean, should just be a world uh, map. In the, I mean, because that is truth if you yeah, think about it. Yeah. This is the world. Yeah. Like God created the world. I think you know Genesis one, God created the world. Put a map on page two. Well, maybe, like, 
Wow. Maybe people will know what parents. Paris, France is from now on. Did you know there's a growing movement of uh, Christians who think that the world is flat? Yeah. That's... Really? Have you heard of this? Yeah. I haven't heard of this. Yeah, you heard of this? Flat Earth movement. Flat Earth movement. Wow. That's what happens up in Colorado when you smoke that devil's ganja. <laughs> well. April 20th, it looked like that gum. Mount St. Helen done exploded this cloud of ash all over that place. <laughs> so, Avery, what do you think so far? You got the uh, <coughs> cannabis uh, talking <laughs> podcast started uh, off. Another, you know, since we brought up the uh, Flat Earth movement, there's also a cannabis church now. Movement. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, so, really? Yeah, a church based on, on weed. Huh. Uh, so that's interesting. Well, this is what the uh, scripture talks about with the tickling of the ears and the heresy and the uh, false teachers and false preachers will uh, just come out of the woodwork. Yeah, it's, it's really hip on campus to be um, part of it. I'm, I'm sure you want to guess that. Hmm. Is, it, is there a presence on campus? Sure cannabis is. Church? Yeah, sure. Is there signs? Well, see, you know. Whoa, that was really amazing. It was. Um, the Rastafarians, they're all into the spiritual movement, hmm. induced with uh, medicinal. I've got a theory, and then we're going to get started. All right, what's so we got a guy in my church. Um, actually, I'm not going to mention him, and I'm not going to mention the movement. But anyway, there's a movement that started in the 1800s, and he's talking how uh, uh, the person that started this movement believed that God gave them a direct vision of revelation of what the true church was supposed to be like. Now, interesting how all those things happened in the 1800s, right? That's when Jehovah's Witnesses started, correct? Was mm -hmm. 1864. When did Mormonism start? Remember? No, it was, was it early 1800s? Well, yes. I mean, you got uh, early mid, but then it really started catching on towards the mid late. Okay, and they were all claiming direct revelation from God, right? Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, what's a guy named Charles Taze Russell, says that God told him how to interpret the scriptures. Angel though, came to him, yep. Even though he couldn't read the Greek or Hebrew. And then you had many other movements started in the 1800s. All right, here's my theory. You know how these there, there was these town-to-town -town, uh, oil salesmen mm -hmm, mm -hmm. selling uh, snake oil and all kind of cure-all oil? A lot of that stuff had, like, opium and cocaine. This is back when Coca-Cola yeah, Coca Coca actually yeah. had cocaine. So I think all these people was hopped up on opiates starting these new religions. Well, you know, it does open up the, uh, the spiritual realm. It does. Your mind is altered, and that's part of it. That's my it's, new theory. Uh, that's probably why they were seeing uh, angels that they so-called say. I'm going to do my Ph.D. work in new religious movements started by opiates. I think there's a lot of... Uh, I, I think there. there is. I think there's a lot of religions that use it. So. Right. All right, Robert, this is episode number six. Number of six. Gospel Defenders. Gospel Defenders. Gospel Defenders. Gospel Defenders. Gospel Defenders. Man, that was good. True Dog, where are you at? I don't sing. I can't. Okay. I'm not blessed did, like my dad. Did, did so. you hear me? Yeah, I well, mean, you know, that's you why know. I keep everything on one note yeah. for Robert. Yeah, was it, was, on, well, was it on key? Yeah, you were on there, but it's I, only one note. Gospody. Actually, it goes by yeah, Defender. But you did good. I did, did good. good. Right in time. Nailed it. Right in time. So uh, let's do some announcements right quick. Hey, we should let our intern who's been working on these announcements. VBS stands for Valentine Bussing Service. That's right. That's right. Um, 
could also stand for uh, Venturi. Uh, Broadness system? I don't know. Venturi broad scale. Ah, that'd have been better. What about... Um, Victorious Boy Squad. Who <laughs> <laughs> knows? Man, breaking the wittiness already. Victorious Boy Squad. That sounds like the next in sync. <laughs> 95 degrees, 98 degrees, Victoria, victorious boy squad. What about Vacation Bible School? Oh, mm. that, oh that's what that one fits, oh, that's it. That's it. fits a little better. That's it. a little better. Are you excited for Vacation Bible School? I am because uh, I'm going to be helping with the skits again. Hey. Same with, same with you. And I've been, been known to do a skit or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little, uh, little Keanu during every Vacation Bible School always comes out. I guess so. we should give the people the date, and that's uh, July 24th through July 29th. So this upcoming month after this one. At the end of July. That's look nice. forward to it. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Hey, uh, let me enjoy it. All right, so I know most of our children don't listen to the podcast, but I'm going to throw out an idea to you guys that I've had. So uh, every year we challenge the children to do a mission offering for Haiti, and at the end of it, Robert and I normally make a uh, uh, some sort of agreement that if they reach a certain amount, we'll do something. So last year we did mohawks. What yeah. did we do the year before? Pie in the face? Pie in the face. All right, I got a new one. Uh-oh. All right, so it's worse it, and worse normally, normally it's $1,000. If they get $1,000, <clears> let's dye our hair platinum blonde. Platinum blonde. Platinum blonde. Would you do it? Oh, I would do it for vacation Bible school. I think that should be it. Let's bring it back. Bring, I mean, yeah, let's go back to uh, 2000 right there, 99. Mm-hmm. Back streets, back, all, all right. right. You know what I'm saying? Victorious boy squad. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, Platinum blonde? I mean, you don't want to do uh very big satellite. Like pink or purple? No. No. Yeah, you know, you Robert, want to be able go, to go to work. You going to go to Time Warner Cable with your pink hair? I mean, they're already a little worried about you. Well, true that. We'll go platinum blonde. That sounds good. Platinum blonde it is. Hey, what is uh, C-O-F-T-C-O-T-F? What is that? I Can think I it's capture the other flag. Capture, uh, capture other, other tall flag. Tall flag, yeah. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's Church of the Future. Mm, tell us about that. Well, by the time you're going to listen to this podcast, Church of the Future will actually have happened in the past. Wow, that's a paradox. That's a, which, which will be an existential paradox. That's a con- conundrum right there. It is. Space-time continuum. So all I can stuff. tell you is that those who are at Church of the Future will have special access to uh, inside preview information of what the Family Life Center of Friendship SBC could look like in the future. Yeah, that's super exciting. I'm super pumped by that. So have you seen the, have you seen the drawings? I have seen the drawings. Have and, you uh, seen the drawings sure too? I have. So. There's only about five people in the entire world I fear. that have seen these drawings. You gotta take that away from us too. You think it makes me makes me feel important that I'm one of the only yeah. people who've seen that. So. Yeah, don't tell nobody or you won't be here next week. <laughs> this will be your first yeah. and last podcast. <laughs> first and last. True Dog will be... No more. A dead Dog. Yes. Dead Dog. Dead Dog. <laughs> dead dog. <laughs> okay. Dead Dog. How about mission trips? Hey, we got some coming up. I think we like mission trips around here. We do. We do like going to share the gospel mm-hmm. wherever God calls us around yep. the world. Actually... Whoever we come in contact with, we should be ready for the gospel. Always ready to give a defense. That's right. For the hope that is within you. Where's that come from? First Peter three fifteen. 
Boom. Intern, you should have jumped on that. I was I was giving it to him. Mm-hmm. I was waiting. Okay. So, so. Uh, June 20th, we are taking our... Uh, this will actually be the second mission trip of the summer, uh, of the year, from uh, Friendship to Haiti. Our church in Haiti, Friendship Southern... Well, Friendship Baptist of Haiti, located in Marin, outside Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And uh, Trudon's going with us. That's right. We're going to be doing right. some... Uh, in the morning, we're going to be doing vacation Bible school with the children, the school children Amen. who are enrolled in... Uh, the friendship school for boys and girls, and then in the afternoons we're going to be doing conferences with the youth group to talk about uh, economic uh, options for sustainability in their community. Mm. And then we've got a whole host of opportunities. We're going to do a pastors conference. I just found that out this week. Very nice. Very we'll be nice. Training some church leaders in the area. We're going to do a pastors wives conference. Um, so this is all going to take place. That week. On this trip. Wow. We got a lot. We got a lot we're going to do. It's going to be packed. A lot of prayer needed for that trip. A lot of prayer. June 20th through 27th. Pray for us. And and then there is an August trip that will be building the second floor. Um, Smaller team going, but. Is there any room on that trip still left for anybody who's uh, interested Um, or is it pretty much. I actually talked to a guy in my D group this morning about getting on that trip, but. It's, I would say that someone has to make a decision within ne- the next week. So if you hear this podcast and next you week, want to go, possibility, then talk to one of us. I, that's right. That's just plane tickets, right? Just have yeah, to get it. yeah. They yeah. they need to go ahead and jump on those. All right. So um, our top five segment. Mm, top five. What's it going to be, Robert? We're going to go worship bands or Christian worship bands. It's like it can be so, more contemporary. It doesn't have to be completely worship bands. So. I'll probably go more worship, and I'm sure Avery will go more contemporary. But uh, that's just the way we get our worship on, right? That's right. So we'll do our top five, and, uh, you know, for today being podcast number six, let's throw a little bonus in there. Give the listeners a little extra. So we'll do our top five, and then you can have one in the old sleeve and give your bonus worship band. Okay. So you want to go one each? I would say say let's go, um, like, all five. All five. Yeah, so you do all five. Then uh, Avery, and then me, or reverse order. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, first one I would go with is Shane and Shane. Awesome worship band. Is that is that number one? That's number one. That's number, number one, one on my list. Okay. Um, and they probably moved to number one due to one of their albums called um, The Volume of Psalms. They have a volume one and a volume two. Mm. Uh, I really love volume two. <clears throat> it just takes the psalms and brings them to light. Uh, in just a, such a impactful way, and then I would go um, Austin Stone Worship would be uh, my second band. Number three, I would go Ren Collective. Have you heard of them? Yes. Lighthouse. Yes. Come on, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Little Irish, mm-hmm. little Irish folk band. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, All Sons and Daughters. Mm. Are you familiar with them? Mm-hmm. Yes. So they're from uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, awesome worship band. I mean, they came to Charlotte, I think it was mm, two years ago. And uh, me, Jen, and another couple from the church went there and we were worshiping. I tell you what, they get to this one where it comes to the song of King of Glory. And mm. there's probably maybe, I say, a thousand people within this small church um, because they did it in like a, a close setting. But man, just powerful worship that just comes out. Mm. Um, number five, I will go 
Aaron Keyes. Now, the thing That's with Aaron one. Keyes is I like his live albums better than his radio albums. Now, if you like more techno, like techo music, techo. How do you say that right? How do you say that word? Techo. Speech impediment. Uh, thank you, A Dog. You pick up very good. So, um, Aaron Keys, his live album where it's the worship inside of a, uh, they're in a house. So it's the live album worship uh, session. Amazing, uh, amazing album. So I'm going to keep my bonus until after y'all go. So there's my top five. Okay. A Dog, you want to go or me? Whatever you want, man. Now, are your, is yours limited to worship uh, groups or are yours like broader? Christian broader. groups, broader, okay, broader. very broad groups, mm-hmm. yeah, VBG, okay, what you got, let's hear it, alright, so first I want to recommend anybody who's tired of K-Love, because that's the only station we get around here, uh, there's an app on your phone you can get, it's called Air One Radio, it's a Christian radio station, if you're looking for more upbeat really? stuff than what K-Love's mm. got, um, they definitely offer that, and I definitely recommend that, so you're you're getting a mix of, of all types of Christian music from Skillet to Lecrae to uh, Capital Kings to all sorts of different bands that you won't hear on K-Love, sadly. Mm. So I recommend that because uh, I think we all hear the same songs on K-Love all the time. That's a good recommendation for our listeners. Uh, but starting wow. with my list. That was, that was loud. Uh, <laughs> Maybe our listeners don't have any eardrums. Uh, <laughs> now they can't listen to music. And we also drum. recommend hearing aids by <laughs> Concord... Pharmacy. Something. Pharmacy. <laughs> All right. All right. Top five. All right. Top five. Number one, I'm going to have to go with uh, Toby Mac. Uh, from me being first saved at the age of six, I've always been listening to Toby Mac. Uh, my mom actually knew Toby Mac, so maybe that's why I've Seriously? always listened really? to Seriously? Really? Yeah. They How did she know each other? Uh, went to schools in the same county mm. and rival schools, so at wow. sports events. She, Toby Mac actually had a crush on my aunt. Fun story. Wow. Yeah, so, Toby I, Mac. I crushed on an ant in my front yard yesterday. <laughs> pow, 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 pow. <laughs> that, was my, that was my drum set. That was Robert terrible. Robert's shooting an M16 <laughs> over there. <laughs> pow, 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 pow. <laughs> Have you seen the Lego movie? No. When the uh, little character comes into the saloon, <laughs> he's try- the, the girl says, okay, act like a cowboy. He comes in the saloon. He's like, I'm a cowboy. Shoot, shoot. Bang, bang. Pow, pow. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. That was my drum set. Yeah. Pow, 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 so Toby Mac, number yes, one. Yes, good guy. He, he sticks with the times and with the music. He constantly involves. So, and I think you can pick up anything from him. Second, uh, so number two would be Tenth Avenue North. North. Mm. Uh, I love their stuff. I've have I have all their CDs, albums. Uh, definitely a lot slower than anything else on my list, but I, I love their stuff. So, mm. Awesome stuff. Uh, number three is going to be Lecrae, uh, which he's a rapper. Uh, I guess back in in middle school and high school, I listened to a lot of rap music, secular rap. So it was nice to to actually find a good rapper that was Christian, and that was Lecrae. Uh, there's tons of other rappers right there, but Lecrae was my first, and I listened to him the most. A week I pull up a at song. LL Bean, yeah, we flex our bean boots five hundred thousand times, through, uh, so you can be sure. It's my favorite little oh, type. Right? Right? There we go. Mm. You like this one? One day Lecrae's gonna play in her family life center. You think so? I hear Shaolin. I can't really hear it. 
a video of your mission trip. Mm-hmm. Play that in the background. Hey, might be an idea. I'll keep that little nugget. All right, everyone. What else you got? All right. So, what are we on? You're on number four. On number four. So, number four is going to be for King and Country. Uh, for King and Country. That's right. Is this a country band? Uh, no. Uh, actually, far awesome from it. Band. I think they're Aust- Scottish? They're Australian. I, I, think Blake, I think Blake Shelton told me about them. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the Australians. Really, really great. Uh, I like their new song called Priceless. It's about, uh, you know, I feel like it's a problem in our society right now, how we treat women and how women treat themselves. And it's a song about about women and how they are priceless and how beautiful mm. they really are. And in uh, one of the lyrics, it says, can we start again? Uh, fathers, can we start again? Sons, can we start again? Wow. Um, you know, because in our society, we do mistreat women. So, so I wonder if we should add A-Dog as a, uh, um, what do you call it, on the Gospel Defenders page? Like a... Uh, Editor. Admin. Admin, yeah. Let's post some stuff like that. Hmm? A little king country on there. They got mm. some. They got, they got a lot of good stuff, like shoulders good. And, and stuff like that. I like messengers. They got mm-hmm. shoulders? Sh- yeah, they got shoulders <laughs> like me and you. That's right. They got arms. They got heads, shoulders, knees, they got and feet. toes. They got all of them. Uh, and then I guess I'm going to save my bonus. And then number five is Finding Favor, which is new. They're pretty new. Uh, well, not really. They've been around for a while, but now they're rising. Yeah, they're starting to catch on. Yeah, so Cast My Cares is one of their songs you might have heard. And Refuge, you might have heard that one. Uh, hmm. I really love Refuge. That's a good one. Uh, like I said, I'm going to hold on to my bonus. Hold on Robert, to your bonus. Since Robert's doing that. i got copy him. Saving it for the end. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to work back through my history of when I really started getting into like what I would call worship music. Okay. And you got to understand that Avery, back when I was like growing up in high school, we didn't have really at that time. I mean, I can remember getting my first computer. There was nowhere to even listen to music on the internet. Mm-hmm. I can remember LimeWire came out. You remember LimeWire, Robert? Oh, yeah. He's and, old. And uh, hey, what? Napster. Napster. Yes, I... Was it Napster or Napster? Yeah. No, it's Napster. Oh, it's Napster. Napster. <laughs> Good on Napster. Napster. Well, I couldn't read. So, um, all right, so I'm going to work backwards. So, probably my favorite worship album I've ever bought, I still have it, still listen to it. It's in Bella's CD player in her room, is Third Day Offerings. Hmm. All right, when I was in high school, the Bible Club actually got Third Day to come play. Um, what's the what's the place besides the Bojangle Coliseum? Is that all the ovens? Co- no, Co- Cabarrus no, Arena. Not not Cabarrus. I'm talking about Bojangles Coliseum. Oh, Bojangles. There's a little place beside it. All right. Anyway, I'll take your word. So Miss Hicks got Third Day to come play mm. a fundraiser concert. Wow. For the CCHS the CCHS Bible Club. That's pretty awesome. It Love Miss Hicks. That's pretty awesome. awesome. Okay, so next would be um, I would probably go Rich Mullins. You know him? Ah, a little Richie. Um, he was a big influence as I studied his life. Uh, and this was like when I was 17, 18, when I was being introduced to these guys. Now, he passed away, didn't he? Yes, he, he passed did. away. And the next one I'm going to mention, Keith Green. Do you know him? No, I'm not familiar with Keith. All right, let me play one song for you guys. Can I do that? This, If you, if you will study Keith's life, unbelievable. Hey, oh Lord, enough. That's a that's a good one. 
That's another Christian rapper. Okay, Keith Green, oh Lord, you're beautiful. So recently, Hold on, we got to do an advertisement. Not sponsored. Not a sponsor. It'd be nice if, if they wanted the sponsor. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take it. Here's Keith Green. was a pioneer. Your face gave away all his music for free. Never sold a single album. He says the worship of God should not be sold. Wow. He said, how can you sell worship? Your eyes are on this child. Your grace abounds to me. That's Keith Green. Um, that was my third. Fourth, um, who I've listened to for more consecutive years than any other worship artist in history. Oh, can I say it? Yep, go ahead. Rick Pino. Rick Pino. Mm. We were surprised that wasn't one, two, three, four, and five. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Jesse's middle name is Rick, Rick. Pino. I <laughs> have literally... There were, there were periods in my life, three years straight, mm. where I had nothing but him. in my radio player, my CD player in my truck, but Rick Pino. Mm. And I still have him in my car now. Oh, you got to pull up a little Pioneer. You want that song? Oh, yeah. I think Pioneer, Rick Pino. Let's see what comes up. Let's see what comes up. Um, there it is on the board. What about, well, let's do this one. Ooh, that is a good one. Abba. Um... Pretty familiar song. just like one of those songs you can just be refreshed by oh, man. as you're doing your study like quiet time when you hear that first lyric come out Abba mm. alright alright number five my fifth Jesus Culture I like the new one Fierce that's a good one have you heard the new one Fierce Fierce yeah, I don't think I have one. let me play this one for you five okay you gonna do your bonus now me first yes oh man this is a tough one I mean you're only allowed one extra this is your bonus so make sure I got my recap Shane and Shane Austin Stone Worship uh, All Sons and Daughters Ring Collective and Aaron Keys 
My bonus would be, I'm going to go Jeremy Kemp. Mm-hmm. I like Jeremy Kemp. Uh, he's a good solid bonus. <clears throat> he's been one of my favorites for a long time. So Christ in me, that's a good one. That is a good one. Good one. I guess right. it's my turn. Uh, okay. Recap, uh, Toby Mac is first, 10th Avenue in the North, and then McRae for King Country, Finding Favor. Uh, number six, or my bonus is going to be Ryan Stevenson. He's pretty new. Uh, just coming on, he's part of Capital Music Group, which is what, uh, not my bad, Goatee Records, which is Toby's. So he's under Toby. Oh, cool. Um, you're, everything, you're everything Mac. Well, you know, he does a good job. And uh, Toby Mac went to Liberty University. Well, I don't think people know that. Like, Toby Mac doesn't, he writes so much music for people. Like, oh, he, yeah. he writes so much music yeah. for, for people you wouldn't even think of because they're slow and he's fast. So. Mm-hmm. He's got some great artists on his mm-hmm. label, yeah. especially mm-hmm. like uh, Morgan Harper Nicholas, mm-hmm. who is Jamie's Grace's sister. They're both on there. Amazing album. Both if I had seven, what, I would go with her. What's his label called? Goatee Records. Oh, Goatee, that's right. That's right. Goatee. All right, so my. Um, my bonus would be a toss-up between William McDowell and Hezekiah Walker. They're about even. I like it. I, I like love. it. That's cheating. That stuff. And normally, actually, on my Pandora, in my office, is all black gospel. So. Well, I like how you threw the two at the end because I did the same thing. That's why I, yeah. I named it Morgan Harper Nicholas. You know. Right. We had to get seven in there, people. So you got some worship bands now. Check them out. Lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't think we're going to have time for an anti-gospel segment today. Hey, that's all right. We'll come back on that one next week. We are going to go directly into our main segment. I want to show you something. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this because this is pretty awesome. You can pull up. We're going to be talking about witnessing the Islam. Okay, you can pull up the Quran online, of course, but... You can hear it recited in Arabic. Now, I just think this is powerful. Right, it's powerful because when I was in Kuwait, I would hear this blasted from the speakers every day as they blasted their prayers, blasted their reciting of the Quran, anything. But you can select different readers and stuff like this, but check this out. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <laughs> الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين. This is actually an art form for them to learn how to say it with those inflections. Really? Like you have to work up to being able to be the reciters. Right. The ones who do that. So today we're going to be talking about witnessing to Islam. And one of the things I'm going to be using, the other guys are going to be using some different things. I'm going to be using a condensed version of the final research paper I submitted in my seminary class. And uh, the title of my paper was um, God With Us, A Defense of God's Eminence Using the Quran to Justify the Conditions for Trinity and Incarnation. So what that means is I'm actually using the Quran itself to show that the Incarnation is plausible and that the Trinity is plausible. Mm, I uh, like that. So not only do you use the Quran to show that the Trinity is there, but you're also, do you back that up with Scripture and use the Word of God well, as well? Well, 
I mean, you, you eventually would, but here, here's the here's the deal. Okay, if you come at if you come at a um, a Muslim scripture, number one, they think your Bible is corrupted. They don't believe your scripture because they believe that we don't have the original word of God. Now, there's no way for them to know that because uh, Muhammad wasn't around until the seventh century. It was five hundred, yeah. about five hundred years after. Yes, at five hundred years after the New Testament was composed, and. How would he have ever seen the original manuscripts of the New Testament to know that that what he possibly saw was any different? Now, what we will find is that the Christians that he encountered were not affirming an orthodox gospel because they were actually, he thought Christian worshipped Mary, mm. which is why he did not believe in the Trinity. And the Quran says... Do not say there are three gods, and that is interpreted as Father, Mary, and Son. So not Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yes, that's not that was not what his interpretation of the Trinity was. So right off the bat, his foundation is already skewed. Well, yes, his argument against Christianity was skewed because the Christians that he was encountering were not professing an orthodox worship. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, he also said that now. Now, this is the central argument because when I met a, a Muslim on the street corner in Concord, we had a five-minute conversation, and he said, "You worship three gods," and I said, "No, that's not correct. We worship one God, who is in three persons." Mm -hmm. And he says, "Well, the reason that we reject the Trinity is because we do not believe that God is imminent, and what that means is that God enters and exists inside space and time." Okay, so I used in my paper the Quran to show that eminence is a condition of God. Because if eminence is a condition of God, or of Allah, as they would say, if eminence is a condition of Allah, then Allah can enter into space and time, which means that the incarnation of Jesus Christ is a logical plausibility within the Islamic worldview. So I, I go through four arguments showing that God is imminent, the Spirit is imminent, the Word is imminent, and that Jesus is the fulfillment of the emanation and revelation of God. Even in the Quran, the Quran makes those claims about Jesus himself. And so that's what I'm going to examine. Now, it will be fine for us during our dialogue here to back all those things up with Scripture. Okay. But we are going to assume that our readers or our listeners are affirming the scriptural argument. Um, but when witnessing to a Muslim, because they don't accept your book, well, start out using theirs. That's right. And so one thing we could do is we could publish this condensed document on the Gospel Defenders website so that people could print this off. And even if someone did want to read the full paper, which has background sources and research sources and things like that, I could provide that as well. So... Um, two main words Muslims believe that God is transcendent Christians also believe that God is transcendent transcendence means that God exists apart from space and time he exists outside space and time um, now Muslims and Christians affirm this, Jews affirm this but Muslims affirm the transcendence of God in such a radical way that it prevents the eminence of God. 
Now, I'm talking about current Muslim belief. Original Muslim belief in the Quran did not limit the eminence of God, but current Muslim belief, as it's been developed and commentated over the centuries, does not believe in the eminence. So transcendence is that God exists outside of space and time, but eminence is that God operates inside creation within space and time. So if you could use the Quran to prove, to prove the eminence of God, then there is now the logical plausibility that the incarnation can be true. And that leads you then into using scripture uh, to show that the incarnation was true. And I actually concluded my argument with um, John and what he said about Jesus being the light of the world who has come into the world. So do you have any um, introductory questions before we start getting into some of these arguments? I guess the first thing that, that comes out to me, by the way you broke that down, even for me and then for the listeners, this has a huge effect because it paints the image of God. If you don't have the right understanding of uh, what the Scripture actually says and then how mm -hmm. you're able to take their Scripture and show this, then you can point to the real image of who God is so that He can enter into space and time. Because if he can't enter in space and time, well, then he's a less powerful God than the Christian God, right? Is that ultimately what you're getting at? And, and actually, that is what I affirm that, okay, so the Christian God can enter space and time. Right. But the Islamic God cannot enter space and time. So ultimately, a God that can enter space and time is more powerful than a God that cannot enter space and time. So what we're talking about now is a being who uh, is more maximally great than the Quran or, or Islam today conceives of. And I think it was, I want to say Anselm, whose argument was, if you can conceive of a being that is greater, God is the being that nothing greater can be conceived. Hmm. So if you can conceive of a God that can be imminent, then he is greater than a God who can't. So that's a good point. That's... So Christians are worshiping... Um, a God who can be imminent and who was imminent and who came in space and time through uh, the flesh as Jesus Christ. And dwelt among us. Amen. Yes. You know, a common statement we get and a statement that we get towards Islam and Christianity is that we worship the same God. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a question we always get. It's like, well, don't you guys just worship the same God as Islam? So there was a, a professor at Wheaton College, which is where... John Piper? John Piper went. William Lane Craig went. A lot of people went to Wheaton College. Professor recently who affirmed that Christians and Muslims worship the same God. Well, it, it, the professor ended up leaving, or I don't know how that went down. But let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, so the Arabic word for God is Allah. Right. So if we were witnessing to a Muslim in the Middle East, we would say Allah did have a son. The Quran says Allah had no son. Right. But we would say Allah did have a son. Mm -hmm. So we, if we were Arabic... We would say we worship Allah. We worship God. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people don't understand that Allah is not another God. All right, Allah is the, the name word, for God. But just like when you encounter a Jehovah's Witness who says they believe in God, mm -hmm. uh, well, according, tell me about your God. According to your scriptures, we're, we're worshiping a, a very different God. Correct. So it is according to what your scripture, uh, the Quran, says about your God mm -hmm. that distinguishes exactly. what the... Old Testament and New Testament says about God. Well, that's just like in Mormonism. Just because they say Jesus, it's a completely different Jesus. Your mm -hmm. Jesus is not my Jesus. 
my Jesus is not the brother of Satan. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so just because you say Jesus does not mean that you're worshiping my God. Mm -hmm. But Joel Osteen says that the Mormons follow Jesus just like he does. Well, and that's why he's a smiley preacher who's a heretic. (laughs) (laughs) So. All right. All right, let's, let's, uh, we've got like 15 minutes. So hit it up. So here's the four arguments. I'll first start out with the being of God in the Quran and using scriptures from the Quran. Okay. The main message of the Quran is that there's only one God who is Allah, and he is one being, which is Tawheed. Tawheed means unified. It means unity. There is no division in God. So the Quran over and over and over claims the Tawheed of God. Now, Muslims think that the Trinity is actually a denial of Tawheed, which they consider to be a great sin. Um, but as we're going to see that the claims about the spirit of God and the claims about the Quran being the word of God would compromise Tawheed because they exist apart from God. Well, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting word, especially since it means unity, which, you know, if it was just one thing, why would you use the word unity? You know, there right. needs to be something being united, some parts being united. That's when you would use it, not just one part. So it's interesting how they already are contradicting themselves with that word of unity. That means unity. That's a good argument uh, because if there's only one thing, there's no need to one be thing united. can't be united. Exactly. Hmm. I've never thought about that. This is why we bring the college. This guy. is why A-Dog's here. True dog. True dog. So, Tawheed. Okay. Now, the Quran says in Surah, which is chapter, Surah 82.6, that Allah was active within space and time in the act of creation. Now, Creation is matter within space and time. Mm-hmm. In order for Allah to create matter in space and time, Allah had to be active within space and time, which indicates that Allah was imminent in the act of creation. So he had to actually interact within space and time to bring creation into fruition. Um, it also says that he formed man out of the clay. Now, how did he do that if he's not imminent? Because hmm. they to... say he's outside space and time, and you're showing the point that he is Correct. Modern Islam says that he is outside space and time and he can only be outside space and time. But the Quran says that he was inside space and time, forming man out of the clay. That's right. That he was in in creation. Okay. Number two is that God was interacting with creation through the the burning bush to Moses. Now, the Quran presents the same depiction of the Genesis story. as uh, uh, It presents the same depiction in the Quran, Surah 28, verse 30, uh, is that God was speaking to Moses through the burning bush. In order for God to speak to Moses, then he has to be inside space and time communicating to Moses. So not only does he create within space and time, but he also communicates within space and time. Mm -hmm. Because human creatures uh, exist within space and time, and in order for us to receive the communication for God, God has to communicate within space and time. That's right. The Quran also indicates the eminence of God as saying in Quran uh, uh, Surah 50, verse 16, that Allah is nearer to man than man's juggler vein, hmm. which indicates the omnipresence of God. If hmm. God is omnipresent, then he is omnipresent within space and time. So he is imminent in space and time. So one of the arguments of the paper is that the original Islamic thought believed in God's eminence but as it has been developed throughout the centuries after Muhammad, it is developed into this radical transcendent view. So really you're breaking down their tradition. Really what I'm doing is basically what the Reformation did, which went back to the Word and what the Word said, 
So we're bringing about a reformation within Islam, pointing them back to the Word, because they believe that the Word is the eternal, uh, the, the Quran is the internal revelation of God. It, it is not higher wrong. than any other. Yes, book. they believe it's infallible. It's it is inerrant. Um, but the thing is, you got a lot of Muslims today, just like a lot of Christians today, that don't read their Qurans. Just yeah. like a lot of Christians don't read their Bibles. That's why I was going to bring up the point earlier when we're using the Quran to to go against their own religion. It's like when atheists or somebody on the internet that's trying to go for a new gay movement and Christian, they're using the Bible, and right. our Christians are we are so scared to because they're using verses, but right. it's only one verse, and it's they're. And a lot One of time, it wrong. And a lot of times, atheists know more scripture than Christians exactly. do because they've studied it. Be, that shouldn't be it. And so, really, we should be calling Muslims back to their own book and what the claims of it are to show that those claims are actually stolen from the philosophies of the Old Testament and the New Testament um, to develop the uh, metaphysical logic that Islam is originally. You know, that would be a good episode to do, like the reliability of the New Testament to the reliability of the Quran mm -hmm. and, and showing like you're saying that actually the New Testament was already showing that God entered in space and time. Correct. So forth. So we probably have to do a part two of Islam. Right. So, yeah, we could look at, and, and I don't have this information, but you look at the, the early manuscript evidence of the New Testament, which still exists today. I mean, there are manuscript from the second century, first century portions Let's say the same thing that the manuscripts do today. So if the argument is, well, that's not the word that was originally given by Jesus. Well, what historical evidence is there to support your claim? Mm. Because the evidence that we have shows that the New Testament that we read today is the New Testament that was recorded by the apostles and disciples and the New Testament authors in the first century. I mean, we can even prove the Old Testament with the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, Correct. You know, Amen. And the Septuagint, which is mm -hmm. something else I'm getting into, which was the Old Testament in Greek. They already had copies of that, many manuscript copies, you know, so we can interpret the Greek. Then you have the old, the Dead Sea Scrolls in the Hebrew. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, next argument is that the Spirit of God in the Quran is imminent. Uh, chapter 15, verse 28 says that God breathed his Spirit into man. So after he formed man out of clay, he breathed his Spirit into man. Okay, so here's my question. Is the Spirit one with God. If the Spirit is one with God, then that means there is at least a dual unity of mm -hmm. God and Spirit because the Spirit is inside creation while the transcendent God is outside creation, Okay, which would, I guess, be called a di-unity or a bi-unity, mm -hmm. actually. And uh, if the Spirit is not one with God, then that compromises the Tawheed. Okay? Um, number two, God confirms believers with the Spirit from Himself. So when, some, when someone becomes a believer, God sends His Spirit to confirm them. Well, the New Testament says this, correct? Yeah. We are sealed with the Spirit until the day of redemption. Yep. Uh, Islam says the same thing. So there again, you have a Spirit from God, or the Spirit from God confirms believers with the Spirit of God inside space and time, while the transcendent God is outside space and time. Thirdly, the Spirit of God conceived Jesus in Mary's womb. Now, what Muslims need to know is that what Christians proclaim in the virgin birth is actually the same thing that the Quran proclaims in the virgin birth. The one scripture that says, uh, Allah could have no son, it says, because God has no consort, which means spouse. Right. So evidently, Muhammad believed that the 
Christian claimed that God had a son meant that Mary was God's wife, which the Bible never claims. No. So the question is, did Muhammad ever actually see the New Testament, or did he just get unorthodox repetitions from Christians who weren't proclaiming Orthodox Christianity? Hmm. So we really don't know. But based on his claims, it would be evident that he never actually saw what the New Testament claimed. The New Testament never makes the claim that Mary is the wife of God, or that God had some sort of sexual relationship to conceive a son. It was, New Testament says, the Spirit brought about a miracle. All right? The Quran says, Surah 66, verse 12, the Spirit of God conceived Jesus in Mary's womb. All right? So God is transcendent, but also eminent. The Spirit is eminent. Thirdly, the Word of God as the Quran. So uh, the Quran itself claims that it is the Word of God. It also claims that it is eternal. Surah 85, 21 and 22 says that the Quran has always existed. Now here's a good argument here. If the Quran has always existed, is it a part of God? If it's not a part of God, then it compromises the Tawheed of God which means that there is something that is not one. Because one would imply no division. You know, I always had a question <clears throat> that, that always got me when it came, came you know, to the Quran, because the whole point of why Muhammad said that the, the Quran was the holy book right. and that it always existed, but they also confirmed the Bible uh, and the Torah, uh, the New Testament, and so forth, but they said it was corrupt. Right. Okay. Uh, and that's why the angel had to go to Muhammad and say, hey, the people of the book, the book has been corrupted. You need to have the new revelation of God. Right. Okay? Well, if the Quran always existed and it was the holy book, how could God keep that one intact? But he wasn't powerful enough to keep the other book intact? Right. You see what I'm saying? Because they claim that they were the revelations of the prophets. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we know that the Quran has not been tainted? It's only written by one person when Correct. the Bible is written by over 40. Over 40 authors, yes. Different yeah. authors. Over a period of 1,600 years. Exactly. In different continents. Well, mm-hmm. you know different the, languages. The yeah. trend you always see, Mormonism, what happened? person said, uh, uh, an angel came to me. One person wrote, wrote it. Uh, Jehovah's Witness, angel came to me. One person wrote it. You see what I'm saying? Over and over, there's all these incidents of one person writing... When that's when you look at the, the, the gospel, the New Testament, uh, you had eyewitnesses account, different viewpoints that all confirm the story. You know, if you were to do a, a, homo, a homicide case, you know, it's so much more reliable when you have multiple witnesses. Multiple witnesses. Mm-hmm. But now, one. even within that, when you have multiple witnesses, what happens? You have their viewpoint. So the, the main core of the story will be the same. But it should have some variations within that story, just Correct. like the gospels have with Matthew, gospel. Mark, Luke, and John. Yes. So... That's just something else to show the reliability of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is the Quran is actually, when you read it, it's backwards. So the oldest chapters are presented first because they're the longest. And what you see is over time, the chapters got longer and longer and longer and longer and longer because more explanation was needed. Mm -hmm. Okay? So you're not reading first revelation to last revelation. You're reading last revelation first and when you get to the end, you're reading First Revelation. Well, why is it composed that way? Because the original chapters 
answer the questions that were not answered in the end chapters because mm. the end chapters were so short. The original recordings were so short. Now, this tells us a few things. It tells us that over the, pro- the, the period that it was being written, more had to be explained. Now, this is the interesting thing. In the Bible, the older parts are the longest. Okay, so the opposite is true in the Bible, because in the Bible, the longest recordings are earliest. <laughs> the Old Testament is 75% of the Bible, and the newest recordings, the New Testament, are sh- much shorter. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that things had to get longer. Actually, things had to get shorter. Because after you see for several hundred years the depravity of man, you only briefly need to see the solution Mm -hmm. with Jesus Christ and his atonement. Amen. Anyway, something to throw out there. Okay. Um, So you hit the word, you hit the spirit. Hold on. We're still in the word. Oh, still in the word. So the Quran Quran claims to be eternal. Secondly, it it claims to be the word. All right? The, the, The revelation of God or the eternal word of God. Chapter 9, verse 6, chapter 2, verse 231. You see how the beginning chapters have 200-something verses? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The earliest chapters have like 10 verses. So mm-hmm. they get way, way long the further down the line that the recordings were. Um, so here's a question. If the Quran is eternal, that means it's not created. Well... The Bible claims the same thing about the Logos, who is Christ. That the Logos is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. So the Quran says the Word of God is not God, but is not other than God. Now why did they add that, Adog? They added that because they did not want to compromise Tawheed. Mm -hmm. If the Word is other than God, then it compromises Tawheed. So what they say is that the Quran is not other than God. It's not God, but not other than God. So, then you so, have, like you said... So it's like telling a lie, or it's like telling the truth, but not the complete truth. Well, so I think it goes with what you said. It's a multiplicity yeah. of unity, hmm. which is what the Trinity is, a hmm. tri-unity. Multiple things that are unified. I, want, I don't want to even say multiple things, multiple personages, Person. yeah, persons... That are unified in will, in logic, in love, in relationship, and in all yes. all are God. Yes. Okay? Different roles, all God. So here's the claims of eminence that can be laid forth about the Quran. Because what the what they say is that the Quran was immaterial but came into the material. Mm-hmm. The Quran was timeless but came into time. The Quran was uncreated but became Creation. Sounds a lot like John chapter 1, verse 1 to me. <laughs> it does. Sounds like the incarnation. Okay. So we can state the claims of eminence in the following way. The eternal word, which is not other, has entered into time. The immaterial word, the immaterial word has entered the material. And the uncreated word has entered into creation. All right. Those are the claims that the Bible makes about Jesus, but the Quran makes this claim about the word, mm-hmm. which is the revelation of God, the eternal revelation of God. All right, now let's conclude with what the Quran says about the divinity of Jesus. This is very interesting. 
The Quran claims that Jesus, while he was on earth, created birds out of clay and that he breathed life into, into them. Now, this would tell me that, A, Jesus has creative powers, and B, he can breathe just like he can breathe life just like God created can breathe life. Now I'm not claiming that this is an actual miracle. Maybe it was. I have no idea. I think there's some book that records this, but what I'm saying is the, the claim in the Quran is that Jesus can create life. Who can create life other than God? Can creation create life? If so, the creation has the same power that God has. Hmm. Quran says that judgment belongs to Allah, but Jesus will be the judge at the resurrection. Chapter 43, verse 61. The Quran says that Jesus was God's spirit sent from God and the word sent from God. That's interesting. <laughs> it says that God sent his spirit and his word into Mary's womb. Wow. If Jesus is God's word, then he is eternal with God. If Jesus is God's spirit, then he also has a divine nature because he was not brought into conception like every other human being mm -hmm. in history. So, here's how I end. None of these things that we've mentioned about the Word, the Spirit, or Jesus compromise the Tawheed, the oneness of God. Because the claim, God is one, is affirmed by Muslims, Jews, and Christians. Christians affirm the same thing. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Spirit operates in unity with God, and the Word reveals the unity of God. So, this is the conclusion. In the Quran, God is imminent, the Spirit is eternal. The word is uncreated, and the Quran claims that Jesus is God's word and God's spirit. And if it claims that, then you have to see what the spirit and the word are. They're both uncreated. They both exist with God. They both have an eternal nature. They both have a divine nature. Boom. Boom. Well, <clears throat> kind of just to recap with a little conclusion, just yes. for our listeners, just to make sure. You're not confirming the Quran. No. I'm not saying that the Quran is inspired scripture, by no means. But what you're doing is you're giving a a witnessing tool to be able to use the Quran to show them because in their mindset, they hold to that it is the holy book. Yes. And so you've got to point to who Jesus really is. Which is why I've seen, I've seen Muslims who came to faith in Jesus Christ as God by reading the Quran. That's right. So I believe God can use whatever method to draw people yep. through even reading their own book because they've heard from other sources that Jesus is God and here they read their own book and it says that Jesus is the word it says that Jesus is the spirit it says that Jesus can create life yep and then they come to this conclusion and so whoever the father draws to look unto the son will bring about salvation that's yes. John 6 yes. and so and so you know in our witnessing if we start with the Quran we, we want to follow up with scripture because after that bridge has been built then we want to show well this is what Jesus claimed. We have original manuscripts that have been preserved for many, many more centuries longer than the Quran has been preserved. Oh, absolutely. And then, so this way right here, this, this is a way to build a bridge. And I know who, there's going to be some who argue with me who says, well, just preach Scripture. Scripture will convert. I don't argue with that. Mm -mm. All right? Amen. But when you're, let's say you're in a context where um, if you were preaching Scripture... A Muslim thinks you're lying because they don't think your scripture is even preserved. So then I would say the point is not only know your scripture, have that, but also be equipped in other aspects. So to that way you're ready. Worldview. Yeah, to know their worldview, um, to know how to engage them 
and to have the tools. Because, okay, here's, if you come up to them and you say, John 1, 1, in the beginning the Word was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and that Jesus Christ is the Word, they're going to, be say, they're going to say God is not imminent. He cannot be imminent. He cannot have a son. But then you go back to the Quran and you show them he can be imminent. And Jesus was conceived by the Spirit in the Quran. Now you've, you've torn down that barrier that mentally exists. You're, you're, you're going to them like, you know, it's like, you know, he calls us to go to the people. Like, we're, yes. we're going and, because they're going to be more comfortable talking about their book than our book, mm-hmm. right? So right. If, we can, if we can get onto their mindset, on their mind frame, and talk to them about their book first, and then mm-hmm. bring up the scriptures as backup, because that's the only thing that does save Mm-hmm. It's, it's the gospel, but you know, it, it makes it it makes it easier to it's a better tool to use their own book because they're gonna want to talk about that. Well, so, you know, what does this guy know about my own? And book? And I think they respect you more that you've taken time exactly. not only right. to know your scripture but to look into theirs. Uh-huh. It reminds me of the story when um, this past uh, mission trip, <clears throat> me and Kim were down uh, in Haiti and uh, we had some lost luggage and we were getting our lost luggage. Well, Ken has been studied up on his Creole. Mm. So he was speaking some fluent Creole down there. Now, he wasn't an expert at it, but he right. was speaking it. And when me and him were standing there, the one guy noticed that I had no clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you smart, he dumb. <laughs> okay? And I'm, right. I'm, I'm looking, I mean, they're speaking in Creole. Right. But why that was is because Ken took the time to learn their language. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So he was able to have better conversation, impact them more. They listened to him more. And it, when the conversation was going on to the gospel, who do you think they went to first, mm-hmm. me or Ken? Mm-hmm. Well, they turned to Ken because they were like, hey, this guy has something more. He's has studied more. And so the same thing goes with the Quran. If you not only know your scriptures, yes, that is where the power lies. Jesus Christ, Lord, he is worthy. But also take that extra step like you did with your paper to show not only in our scriptures, but in their scripture that Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord right. of lords. He's the judge. Yes. He is the just. He is the imminent. Um, I had a thought that, that what you were saying is that we come to the Muslims in their language. Yes. Which is really a representation of the incarnation, that Jesus came to us in our language. Hmm. That we worship a God. Uh, I, this is what David Platt said at Secret Church. He says, this is what I told the Muslims. If you had to go tell your wife something, would you send someone or would you go yourself? And the Muslim says, I would go myself. And he says... God sent himself mm. to come tell us the wow. truth. I think that's a great argument. That's yeah. powerful. We're going to end with a song. Avery, what's the song? Uh, it's Eye of the Storm by Ryan Stevenson. All right. Peace out, Gospel Defenders. Share this. Man, awesome episode. Hit us up with some questions on the yes. Facebook page, Gospel Defenders fa- Facebook page. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Peace out. Bye. When my sails are torn your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet, between the black skies and my red eyes, I can barely see. When I realize I've been sold out by my friends and my family, I can feel the rain. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control, in the middle of the war.
And I'm running out of faith. I see the future, I picture slowly fade away. And when the tears of pain and heartache are pouring down my face, I find my peace in Jesus' name. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. says i've only got a few months left it's like a bitter pill i'm swallowing i can barely take a breath and when addiction steals my baby girl and there's nothing i can do my only hope is to trust you i trust you lord in the eye of the storm you remain in control Gone, and my hope is gone, Lord. When the flesh is failing, you're still holding. 